1: Good evening, folks. It's time for the Friday edition of its news to us our daily podcast. Taking a look at the day's top stories with me is reporter Jeff Stapleton. It it was a relatively busy news day. A lot of stuff that required a little bit of little bit yeah. of work, at least, at least on my end. Yeah, at you know, least it's covered, Yes. It yeah. was a little
2: slow on my end, but that's yes, okay.
1: But, but you still had some 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 crucial stuff and stuff that we're gonna have to keep an eye on next week. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, top story, and we've kind of uh, gone back and forth uh, with these being the top story today. Um, top story, and this came out late uh, Friday afternoon. Governor Glenn Youngkin's administration has rewritten the model transgender policy for public schools. Um, that sounds complicated, but that's basically the policy that school districts can use to say, "Hey, okay, this this is what fulfills the law. We can just." You know, instead of blank, write in. Oh, let's just pick a county, Rockingham. Okay, in, in there, and then that's the policy they can use. Um, there was an original policy um, that was uh, written in, written in 2021, and uh, this was under the Northern administration and. Today, it was revealed that the Yunkin administration has completely rewritten it. And basically, in the purpose of the document, consider it to be like the foreword or basically the explanation of what's going on in the document, they said that the 2021 uh, policy was aimed at achieving cultural and social transformation in schools, that it disregarded the rights of parents, and that they were withdrawing them and instituting this new policy, which basically reads as a parent's rights. I don't want to use the word manifesto. That's somewhat somebody else used, but it basically a parent's rights document. You you described it to me as a parent's bill of rights. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a very, a very, very good way of explaining it. Um, there was an a, uh, a publication that referred to it as a manifesto, and that was actually retweeted by a former member of Youngkin's campaign. But I feel more comfortable, again, saying it's like a bill, bill of rights, so to speak, yeah, yeah. within the school system. Uh,
2: now, it's probably not surprising that he kind of went this way because that's kind of what he ran on, on parents having more of a say. Uh,
1: yes. Now, now, what he didn't necessarily run on was specifically the transgender policy. Right. Um, but this this has a clear impact on that. For yeah. example, the model policy says that, uh, pronouns that should be used um, are the ones consistent with the student's official record. Of yeah. course, the original policy said what the child would like, use. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one requires parents to be notified um, and involved in, you know, if the child wants his name changed or anything along that line, parents have to be, be notified. The original policy um did you know, did not require parental notification? Now, there are reasons that were offered for that at the time. Basically, maybe kids who don't have parents who are understanding of their situation, um, or, or concerned about family situations at home. Um, but in this case, uh, the, the Yunkin administration is saying the parents need to be involved. Yeah. Um, what
2: happens with districts who? Made their or passed their transgender policy that may not totally agree with this model one that's now changed.
1: That I don't know. I have read through the document quickly, and it's it's not a two page document. It's a, it's several pages. Um, the document at one point reads that that in order to comply with the law, the policy has to basically match you know, you, the, the district's policy needs to sort of match, not necessarily follow word for word, but match right, right. This, this policy. Be consistent. Now, consistent. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, Delegate Marcus Simon has come out and say, well, this policy isn't consistent with the law we passed in 2020, which required the creation of the policy. Right. So totally different. Yeah. I imagine there are um, some legal things that would have to be worked out. Yeah. Um, I don't know that for a fact, mind you. Again, like we said, this this just broke recently. Um, I will say this: there's a lot of districts. I, I just now learned there's a lot of districts that actually haven't passed the policy. Um, Hanover was the only one, and they have now. So I, I, I well, and then again, I, I I started doing some some greater research here right. locally. They were, yeah, okay, uh, but 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 out in Western Virginia, there are a number that 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 have not. Okay. Um, I want to say Russell County comes to mind immediately, which is way out in southwestern uh, Virginia. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a number of districts that have that have not. Um, And I don't know what would happen with the districts that have like I imagine Fairfax and um, some of the districts up in northern Virginia wouldn't change their policy. Um, I don't know if some of the local districts here would. I think it depends on how the political winds are moving in whatever locality you're in, yeah so you know it's it, it's a very political very political issue interesting um, story yeah yeah so I, I i don't know where 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 it goes from here but it's it, a yeah. Yeah, very interesting story um the other big story that that you know we covered that was also political in nature and this was actually just just down the street from the governor's mansion at the attorney general's office yeah. <laughs> um oh. Yeah, almost right
2: across the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Well, Um, across the yard and across the street.
1: Yeah, Um, the ACLU um, wants the election integrity unit disbanded, and they want instead in place a unit focused on uh, voter intimidation and voter suppression. Um, Now, interestingly, uh, the attorney general was actually on... uh, the Jeff Katz show uh, on Thursday where he talked a little bit about the election integrity unit. It wasn't all that he talked about, but it was, it was something that he talked about. And he said he brought it up because brought up the unit, created the unit um, because to him, Democrats and Republicans have both complained recently about elections, raised issues about elections. And he felt that there needed to be something to take a look at the law, advise on the law, prosecute the law. Uh, things along that line. Now I will tell you that there was an audit in 2020 that did not find any fraud. The attorney general's office did just recently prior to the creation of this unit bring charges against the former Prince William County registrar. Um, again not detailing what what those uh, those charges entailed, Before brought charges again for the 2020. Election. Any,
2: yeah, we do know it didn't affect any results. Yes, we, we, do,
1: we do know that, but we but we learned that not from the attorney general's office, but from the current registrar in Prince William, yes. that you know, because they had brought the information to the um to the attorney general. So um now my guess is this the ACLU calling for this, it's not going to change anything. You're not going to see uh see the attorney general you know drop this this unit i know democrats have raised issues they about it unless unless you see a complete change in the general assembly or especially in the house of delegates in 2023 i don't see any any changing changes there the only way that it could be changes if the house changes and then you have a. budgetary things being dealt with with the attorney general's office but keep in mind we don't uh, elect new statewide officers until 2025 of course the attorney general can run again my guess is you're probably going to see him try to run for governor anyway so (laughs) that's the usual progression yes usual progression you'll probably see a republican primary between the lieutenant governor and the governor unless one decides to to clear the path for the other but you know we shouldn't be spec we shouldn't be speculating about 2024 runs for president, we shouldn't be speculating about 2025. Especially right. well,
2: since that's even a year further down the road. Let's river.
1: let's let's get <laughs> let's get done with 2022 first. Uh, right. so um something to keep an eye on for next week. You spoke to uh NBC twelve. about uh, Fiona, which, by the way, is apparently the first storm that's starting to look like it may cause some issues for some land masses.
2: Right, right. We're not sure about the U.S. yet. Um, Megan Wise over at NBC12. Talked to her today, and uh, basically in the short term this weekend, it's going to be hitting the Leeward Islands and also the U.S. and British Virgin Islands. After that, Mm, we don't know yet. And Megan says, perhaps early next week, we'll have a better idea. But right now, a lot of the models are saying that this is not going to hit U.S. land at all. Um, and it's just going to kind of curl and go more northeast and it's not going to hit U.S. land at all. But we just don't know yet. That's not 100 percent accurate or 100 percent not accurate, but 100 percent known at this point. Um now she said uh that uh maybe by Monday or or Tuesday we'll know better after it does whatever it does to uh, the, you know, yeah. Virgin Islands and the Leeward Islands. And that's gonna head to the Dominican, and then usually we'll see what happens after that, since that's you know, at least a little bit closer to Florida yeah. and we'll know at that point. But if you looked at some of the the models and the the spaghetti strains that you've seen on TV there's a lot of them that don't hit land at all in the U S and there's a few that do. Yeah. And, you know, right now she says, it's likely to not hit U S land, but we can't say with a hundred percent certainty that it won't.
1: Yeah. Under, you know, it under, understood.
2: Man. So, but the overarching issue with, um, that is it may, you may think to yourself, wow, you know, if it doesn't hit the U.S., that's a good thing for us. Well, it could be a good thing, but we need the rain. We really do need the rain because a lot of the Richmond area is in the abnormally dry uh, category in uh, the drought monitor that they uh, that they keep track of. Weather folks do. Yeah, a lot of the Richmond area, I mean, all the Richmond area right now is in abnormally dry and. Those come out every Thursday, so Megan was speculating that a bigger swath of Virginia will be in the abnormally dry category. Uh, We've had some hit or miss precipitation happen with these, you know, downpours that happen during humid weather. Of course, the humidity's gone for the time being. It may come back next week. I've heard it's going to be hot next week, but yeah. you know, those hit or miss showers are beneficial for those people who do get it, but not everyone's getting that. So yeah. this is, you know, it's it's becoming to be an issue that we haven't had rain and widespread rain in a while. So that's something to keep an eye on. And we could use some beneficial remnant tropical rain from Fiona.
1: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I I know I'm tired of water, watering my lawn. I could use some days where we have some rain, too. Well, from what you've told me, you don't really have a front lawn. It's just dirt right now. Right? Well, you see, I got grass put in. So now I well, need it to rain. So,
2: OK, so you need the grass to grow.
1: Yeah, I need the grass to grow. So otherwise, it's okay, just I got guess, seed, yeah. on
2: the, seed on um, the um Also, yeah. Um, that's all I need to say about that story. Okay.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and the other story you covered, Hey, not that we again, want to get ahead of ourselves, but AAA is saying if you're planning on going someplace for the holidays or bringing people home for the holidays or whatever, start looking at uh, flights and travel now, correct? Well, we're
2: right. And actually the way you describe it, it is kind of, well, it's not, you know, don't look ahead, do it right now. Uh, if AAA says, if you're planning to go, um, out of town for Thanksgiving or Christmas and you see a low price right now, don't sit on it and think to yourself, you know, well, perhaps I could get lower later on. No, grab it now because that's not the kind of travel uh, market we're in right now. He expects the prices just will continue to rise. And yes, it does rise as you get closer to the holidays, but if you wait a week, yeah, it still may rise. It won't be the same low price. And so he suggests getting on there, getting the ticket as quickly as you can. And he also shared some tips about, you know, how airlines and air you know airlines are having issues this year with staffing and a lot of flight delays and cancellations and things like that. He had some tips about maybe adjusting your travel habits and scheduling habits to kind of accommodate, make yourself more flexible to, anticipated things that could go wrong he suggests leaving uh on your trip early in the morning so that way you have most of the day if you do see if there is a uh a, a cancellation or a delay it there's still a likely chance you can get to your final destination that very same day yeah um And he also says when you're making your itinerary or scheduling your itinerary for flights and all that, make sure that you have longer layovers. And that way you don't have to worry about if your flight is delayed and taking off the connecting flight at your, you know, connect or wherever your uh, uh, connecting hub is uh, to get to your destination. So those kind of things to kind of it's going to be a little more uncomfortable getting to the airport earlier if you're not a morning person getting up in the uh, early mornings uh, to you know get there. And he also suggests no matter how big the airport or how small the airport is, and usually when you think of getting to the airport two hours before your domestic flight leaves, you generally don't think you need to do that at Richmond. But he says it's generally a good idea to do that Yeah, Uh, because Richmond's not one of the bigger airports, of course, as you look at other airports like Atlanta or, you know, Charlotte even. Yeah. um, He says to do that, to make yourself more open to adjust to things that could go wrong.
1: Yeah. And let me tell you, I've been at Richmond where two hours was cutting it. (laughs)
2: wow okay well there you go and you know tsa lines could be long even early in the morning exactly
1: exactly in fact in fact those were the times that i ran into it was early in the morning flights (laughs) Oh, yes so
2: but yeah that's just i mean it, it may seem like it's you know we it seems like the kids just got back in school we're still seeing warm weather yeah but it's you know the holidays are coming it's only two months until thanksgiving
1: yeah, hey, hey. As you know, I have someone who needs to fly over both holidays. Yep. We already have the tickets bought. So,
2: well, that's you see, you you took the advice before we even gave it to you. Yep,
1: exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> anyways, this has been the Friday edition of its news to us. Of course, we won't be doing anything over the weekend unless news breaks, in which right. case we'll get on here and, and do something, um, and then we'll be back on Monday. Already, uh, we're gonna have a, a little a little bit of preview of Monday. Uh, Henrico showing off. Uh, one of its new sports facilities. And this is where I made a mistake this morning and I had to re-record these. Um we're talking about the one at Virginia Center Commons, not the new arena that's going at Best Buy. No, no, mis- no. No, 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 no. I was mistaken. I was I was yeah. I was mistaken. I was thinking I was thinking it was the big arena. No, we're talking about the, the Virginia Center Commons facility. So that
2: that thing of Virginia Center Commons, is that already built?
1: Uh it's in the process of being built. Oh
2: okay. Sorry. Right. I was about to say That doesn't seem like that should be done yet. Yeah. So
1: mm. and it shows you how long I've been here that I still think of that as the mall. So, um, well, it hasn't been closed for that long. To yeah. True. 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 But, you know, I've shopped a few times out there, so not, not, <laughs> not like it's
2: mall where neither of us were here when that is. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but anyway, so that we'll have a preview of that on, uh, on, on Monday. They'll look at that. So anyways, like I said, that this has been the Friday episode of it's news to us. He's Jeff Stapleton. I'm Matt Demline. We'll talk to you on Monday.